Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today we pick back up in our study through the book of Acts with part 8 of the Acts transition. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, where it says, For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Notice that Peter first addresses the mockers. And he assures them that what they had just witnessed was a true move of God and not the result of drunkenness. Now, on another note, I believe that this verse is truly the source of much erroneous teaching in the church today. I believe that far too many doubt that poor old Peter knew what he was talking about. And if you listen to them and you read their commentaries, they are plenteous. Their bone of contention is that the latter part of the verse, when he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. They say this was not that or this was similar to that, but not this was that. Um, now, to me, that's just as wrong as those who say that he got ahead of himself by choosing Matthias. No, I don't believe Peter got ahead of himself. I believe Peter knew exactly what he was saying, and his language here is emphatic. And guys, if we start correcting the apostles, where is that going to leave us? These guys sat at the feet of our Lord for three years. They were discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he taught them to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which was repent, be baptized for the remission of your sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They were proclaiming a kingdom gospel. They were to be the forerunners of the establishment of the promised kingdom and God's new covenant with the Jewish people. That was their message. So when Peter and the eleven, or Peter and the ten at the time, chose Matthias, they knew exactly what they were doing. There needed to be 12 of them to sit on the 12 thrones judging the tribes of Israel during the kingdom. That's what they expected would come next, the kingdom. And they needed to be ready for that. And when Peter says this is that which is prophesied by Joel, he meant exactly that. Peter fully expected, and this is where people get lost and they look at me like I'm some kind of heretic. You have to put your mind in the mind of the apostles. They did not, yeah, they didn't, excuse me, they didn't see the crucifixion. No, it blindsided them. They didn't see the crucifixion. What were they looking for? They were looking for a kingdom, a literal kingdom. Will you at this time restore the kingdom? When you come into your kingdom, will my sons, can my sons, James and John, sit on your right and your left? As they approached Jerusalem, they expected the kingdom to suddenly appear. In Acts chapter number one, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Notice, restore the kingdom. Can we sit on your right and your left? They were looking for a literal kingdom. 
Yes, the cross blindsided them. They didn't understand what was going on with, with the cross. But for 40 days between Christ's resurrection and his ascension, he gave them a 40-day seminar on why the cross had to happen before the new covenant could be brought in and the establishment of the kingdom. He explained to them, just like he, the writer of Hebrews did in chapter number 9, that the crucifixion had to happen so that the sins that were committed under the first covenant could be remitted. He explained that to them, that we couldn't move into a new covenant without the old covenant being taken care of. Because in the old covenant, remember, it was only temporary atonement. For the blood, and bo blood of bulls and goats cannot atone for. That means permanently atone for the sins. It had to be the perfect blood of the sacrificial lamb, our Lord himself, to do that. And once that happened, then he could establish the new covenant and bring in the kingdom. Peter is looking for that kingdom. So when Peter says this is that, he fully expected what he was about to say to come to pass. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. Your sons and daughters are being prophesy, are, are prophesying and dreaming dreams. That whole nine yards. And then the moon's going to be turned in the blood because he foresaw Daniel's 70th week kicking back off again, culminating with the restoration of the Jews, the second coming of Christ, the new covenant, and the millennial reign the establishment of the kingdom. Don't lose that fact. We've lost that fact in the church today. In verse 17 and 18, and it shall come to pass. This is what Joel said. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Peter is quoting verbatim Joel chapter 2, starting in verse number 28. And it must be clearly understood what Peter is doing in these verses, because too many do not get it. He is, for the first time, legitimately offering the kingdom to the nation of Israel. Now, some will argue otherwise, and they'll say that it's already been offered in the Gospels. No, not even possible. Because in Hebrews 9.15, and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death. He had to die first before the kingdom could be legitimately offered. And it says, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. So the sins that were remitted under the Old, the First Testament, had to be redeemed first before he could offer the new one. And he says, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Christ had to die before he could establish a new covenant or a new testament with the nation of Israel. So it could not have been offered, let alone rejected in the, in the Gospels. So these verses make it clear that the kingdom could not have been offered until after the crucifixion. This is a great misunderstanding, in my opinion, in the modern church. Yet when you start questioning the assumptions, like I said at the top of this study, people start looking at you like you're a heretic. But in any wise, the kingdom 
offer was rejected. We know that. Israel blasphemed the Holy Spirit, just as Christ mentioned in Matthew 12, 32, and the kingdom was postponed. And if you remember, Matthew 12, 32 says, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. And they did. He forgave them for crucifying him. He looked down from the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But the rest of that verse says, But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. That's what's happening right now. They are getting ready to blaspheme the Holy Ghost, and it will not be forgiven them. And the kingdom will be postponed. And God decided to show grace. Instead of bringing judgment upon the house of Israel, he decided to show grace. The most gracious thing he could have done is raise up Paul to take the gospel of grace to the Gentiles. And to lock Israel away in unbelief. That was a very gracious thing because he should have brought judgment. And he did not. Now in verses 19 through 20. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. Now this is where many today will say, and I heard a guy on the radio not even two days ago. They will say that Peter should have stopped in his quotation of Joel's prophecy here. He shouldn't have quoted this part of Joel's prophecy, because what they'll say is, you see, the first half of Joel's prophecy did come to pass at Pentecost, but this half is reserved for the tribulation period that'll happen after the time of the church. Beloved, if Israel had accepted the message of Peter, there would not have been a time of the church. Israel would have rolled straight into the second half of Joel's prophecy. Israel would have went into the tribulation period and God and Israel would have came back to the Lord and he would have used Israel to reach the Gentiles. That was the plan. Read it in the Old Testament. And that's not to say that the church was plan B. God in his foreknowledge knew what Israel would do. It was a mystery that was purposely hidden that was revealed to Paul. So Peter is quoting exactly what he thought dispensationally was supposed to happen next, which was Daniel's 70th week, or what we call the time of tribulation. So I dare say um, we don't need to be correcting the apostle Peter. There are no apostles today. You might be a B apostle or a C apostle, but you are not an A apostle. Okay? He knew what he was doing here. He knew that once Daniel, Daniel, his message would have been accepted, Daniel's 70th week would have commenced, followed by the second coming, the establishment of the kingdom. And then notice in verse 21, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, people get confused with this. This is not necessarily speaking to us. He's still speaking to the same audience about the same kingdom. Peter is thinking chronologically. Peter is thinking dispensationally. First, he says, we see the pouring out of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It will be followed by signs and wonders then and in the tribulation period. And then the Lord would return 
establish his kingdom upon the earth, and those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And again, the last part, foreseeing salvation in the millennial kingdom. So again, you know, I realize this is new for a lot of people. Their heads are exploding. Um, but I dare say it's not heresy. I'm just saying back up, take the denominational filter off that you've been given. And we all have them. We all come with preconceptions to the passages and we see what we want to see. Now, right here, verses 15 through 16, Peter knew exactly what he was saying because Peter was thinking dispensationally, as I believe we should. But no, we don't do that. This didn't happen, so we have to spiritualize the text. We have to allegorize the text. And now we're living in this big spiritual kingdom, and we are the people of Israel now. No, that is heresy, in my opinion. We are not Israel. We are not living in any sort of kingdom. The kingdom was postponed because the kingdom is for the Jewish people.